Bad Women is a new podcast powered by Catcall and hosted by yours truly, Brittany Brave. Catcall is a platform promoting female leadership, progress, and camaraderie through original events and content. Follow along at We Are Catcall on social media. In this episode of Bad Women, I welcome Coach Tosca DiMatteo. Tosca and I get into what it means to really pivot, how to not let structure of any kind hold you back, how to see your calling and really sink your teeth into it, and most importantly, how to operate from a place of abundance and how to want abundance and welcome it into your life free of guilt. So Tosca is an incredible life and business coach. She has over 20 years of corporate marketing experience that she now applies to her independent business. And every day she helps people and brands figure out who they are, what they want to be saying and doing, and all of the steps that they need to do to get there. I'm confident you guys are going to feel empowered and inspired after this conversation. I always do anytime I talk to Tosca. So really get into it and hit her up if you have any questions or if you're looking to make that next big work or interpersonal change. I can't recommend her enough. She will craft a strategy to help you get wherever you need to go. Without further ado, my friend and coach, Tosca DiMatteo. You know, it's interesting because I, there was like a, there was a possibility that my husband and I were going to move Hmm. and it wasn't something that I wanted to do, but it was something that I was willing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, if you wanted it that bad. I don't think I told you that part of the story in the past. No. Mm -mm. So what happened was I was for, for several months, I was trying to open myself up to this possibility that I would leave the city. I love that. I would like have to walk away from the job and figure a whole nother thing out. Um, And that was really scary. But what happened then was we ended up not moving for his job. And then I was stuck with this, but, but wait a minute, like what else is out there for me? You know, because Mm. is this what I want actually, like where I am? (laughs) So I was like Mm. super resistant to the idea of like, oh my gosh, like starting over and figuring it out in a whole new city that wasn't known for kind of being like the marketing Mecca Mm -hmm. that New York is. But what happened was that that seed was planted about like what else is possible for me. Mm. So you almost started to romanticize the idea of change as you were, (laughs) what you thought was coping with it. When all of a sudden the opportunity was gone, you were kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Am I content? Is this what I want? Would I welcome a change a little bit? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and then, you know, I was at that point, I was like over a year away from like a milestone birthday. And at the same time, the company that I was at was like kind of contracting and reducing spending and going through restructures and all this stuff. And I just was like, is this where I want to be in a year, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and my heart of hearts, like I knew, like, I didn't want to keep going down this corporate path. Um, I didn't want to just find another role in another company. Like I knew that, but I had to go through these like month long process, like more multi-month process of like allowing my whole body to know that to be true. Mm, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because my brain was telling me everything about how that was like the worst thing that I could do is to walk away from this job and this career without knowing what was next. Um, Mm -hmm. 
so it was this process of like working with coaches and like, and, you know, working with like my close friends to have conversations about like this possibility. And, um, and at the end of the day, through that work and through a lot of tears in that process and through, you know, the, the support of my husband, it was like, it was like, if not now, when, hmm. you uh-huh. know, it was like, uh-huh. it was like, there, there has to be another way for me to spread my wings and, and spread it more fully than I've ever been, been enabled and allowed to do in the corporate world, you know, because I always felt like I was not in environments where people were trying to lift me up. I mean, I, that, that does a disservice to the people that I had been around for 20 years, mm-hmm. but, you, but you know what I mean? Like this, I totally from, do. Yeah. You know. I was actually just thinking, I was like, you know, and I'm sure there are people in a corporate structure that feel like as if their wings are being able to be fully spread and that's wonderful for them. But I think in given you and I, that, that wasn't our cup of tea per se. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, of course I had spent, you know, a few years kind of doing the internal work and working on myself and seeing where I was getting in my own way and see what I had to heal for myself. Um, And I also uh, knew that while I've kind of ascribed this certain path for me to do what I wanted to do um, in terms of having impact and change, right? In terms of shattering glass ceilings, in terms of, of bringing humanity into the workplace, I also kind of got to the point where I had to see, and this isn't the only way to do it. You know, because mm-hmm. for so long in my mind, I was like, if I just keep climbing and if I get to the coveted C-suite, you know, place that I can really change policy and I can really do the work, you know, even though I was always doing what I could where I was, Mm-hmm. in whatever role I was, I, I, I then realized, you know what, there's another way to freaking do this. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be on the inside. It doesn't have to be on that particular path. And that's kind of what I took the leap to explore to say, well, how else can I do the work of my life? You know, the purpose led work um, that maybe I don't even know what that looks like. Mm. Mm-hmm. And where's the place for it? And where's the place that I can do it on my terms and feel like I'm actually having the most effect as well, too. And I, yeah, and I think that something you just touched on, I think is, uh, I, I'm, I've been reading a lot about, I've been reading the four agreements. I'm sure you've read that book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had written, written, read, written, read a couple different, um, snippets of it before, but never the full complete thing. And I just got through it last week and there, there was a chapter about like doing things for the result versus like doing things just for the process. And that's the whole point of doing your, your best is that you don't go into it trying to really necessarily achieve something on the other end. You just kind of go into it genuinely trying to give the best and give as much as you can give in that moment. And to your point about corporate growth and corporate change, that path has always seemed much more destination than journey oriented, I think. Mm. And like in mo in a lot of ways and change and progress and accomplishment and stuff. So, and I think it's, yeah, like to your point, like you're like, you you knew you were making the micro changes and happy with your day-to-day choices while you were on that ladder. But you were like, why does it feel like as if I'm not going to actually make the change till I get to whatever predetermined step I'm at? And then that's, ah, oh, the success, the contentment, the change, the progress happens. And it's 
it's a little like disheartening like to you know like it's a little too linear I think oh my gosh absolutely and and what's funny is like even in this you know now I've been kind of on this path for two years um outside of corporate and and like it is all about what you just said about the energy of like giving your best in whatever moment and and detaching from the outcome because I have no control over the outcome. Like I have no control over the results, just like in corporate. But here it's even more different, right? Because it's like, well, I'm my own boss. I make my own decisions. And so I want to see the results that I'm like intending, but I still have no control over that. <laughs> right, right. And which is frustrating because you're like, am I, am I going forward or am I spinning in a circle? And where's all this energy going? I, I need to be committed. I need to save this and commit this to where, where it feels good too yeah and 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 so much of it is is keeping the faith in the roller coaster ride because like I have my days where I'm like you know I'm doing my thing I'm freaking killing it I'm rocking it like I'm living my best life you know and and I'm doing meaningful work and it's all good and then I have days where it's like you know got rejected by a potential client or like I don't see what's on the horizon in terms of, you know, things that, you know, are exciting and, and the days where I feel like I'm just spending my whole day marketing myself. This yeah. is why I left, you know? Mm-hmm. So in all of that, and, and I know this is said, you know, a lot, and I even say it because I, I want to find a better way of saying it, but like the, the joy is, the joy is the way, right? It's oh, like, I love that. Yes. <sighs> You know, if I can do those things that I can genuinely get excited about, um, then that's just going to continue to raise my vibration, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be vibing high and like what's meant for me will be because I think, I think that the universe wants you to follow your bliss mm-hmm. um, in order to uh, attract what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of like in this philosophical place, but like when I coach my clients, I'm like, get back to what you love, get back to what brings you joy, get like, like get away from the grind of it and going harder and find the things that light you up because that is when you're, when you're vibing high, right. Then you attract things that it, those are the things that you want. And it's, it's like, this may sound a little, you know, uh, airy-fairy, but if you think about when, like in relationships, right? And like people mm-hmm. who, find the, who find the ones, you know, and all that stuff, like oftentimes it was when they stopped looking, mm-hmm. right? And they just found like contentment with themselves for like, five seconds you know Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the thing pops up now whether that's you know uh you know a relationship or a job or something but I think it's like when we when we can can let go of the attachment when we can just let ourselves be something that that's I think where the magic happens I agree and it also is inherently setting yourself up for success and I say success in like air quotes a little bit because Mm. if joy is your driving motivator and that's really what you're seeking you look in any opportunity in your life or any moment in your life and you're like I just want to make sure that like the the result is that I'm going to enjoy it 
And if that's what you're focusing on, yeah, you are inherently separated from an outcome or separated from a result because it is kind of true. Like as long, did you have fun? (laughs) Like as long as you had fun, as long as like you enjoyed the process of something, then you're still technically winning because we, I think we marry ourselves so much to an outcome or to a result that we forget the process. We don't prioritize joy in it. And then, yeah, like if we end up getting it at the end, okay, great. Woo. Congratulations to us. We got that thing that we obsessed over on the other side of it. We got that outcome. But if we don't, then it makes what's seemingly a failure hit and hurt that much more because on top of it, you didn't enjoy yourself, right? Like on top of it, you're like, now I'm robbed of anything. I don't have the outcome. I don't have the joy. I have nothing. And then it starts to sour you on the entire thing. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, it's so much easier. Yeah. When you choose those things that light you up and maybe it doesn't work out or maybe the result wasn't what you expected or what you wanted, but I think it's so much easier to then look at that and say, oh, that was a learning. Like that was an experiment. That was a learning. And there's like a lightness to it. Mm-hmm. I, I think versus when you choose um, the thing you think you're supposed to do. And then if the same outcome happens and you're not happy with it, it's just, it's so much easier to beat ourselves up. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's because it wasn't something we really wanted in the first place. And now it's a double uh, whammy, like you said. So like I didn't want to do it, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted. No shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you and know, why are we surprised? Yeah. And, and I hated it every second of it. And now I'm looking at the time I spent on it. And now I'm looking at it as time wasted. And then it's like, yeah. And then you run the risk of having, like, the entire pursuit of anything be soured for you, which is not a good place to be in. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's... I, I think that what people suffer from in, in a way is complacency, mm-hmm. you know, because what happens is we're like, eh, it's okay. It could be better, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that type, that's like the machine at play. Like that is like, that is this idea of like, we shouldn't be asking for more or we shouldn't be wanting more you know, it's, 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 a, it's an oppression in a way, right? To say, mm-hmm. like, who are you to, to want more for yourself? Who are you to, like, think that it could be any better than, like, what life is? It's a grind. Suck it up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so then I think a lot of people end up just letting go of, of any kind of hope or belief that it is possible to entirely like embrace all that life has to offer um, because we're not, we're not believing that it's okay to, mm-hmm. to desire more, if that makes sense. I don't know. I it, just like. No, it totally <laughs> does. It absolutely does. And I was, I, to, I, I, there's almost a guilt associated with it that I I agree that I think it is like a systemic oppression in us and that's why it keeps us from truly doing what we want or pursuing the things we want or like wishing for more because I've always felt like and, and maybe it's upbringing or culture or a bunch of other things attached to it but 
like to your point, oh, it's not perfect, but you know what? It's okay. There's this internal, like, well, I should just be grateful for the fact that it's even okay. Or I should just be grateful that I have a job or I should just be grateful that I have a partner or whatever it is. And that the second you dare to challenge it or you dare to step away from having it, it's, a, it's, there's like a guilt associated, like a, you weren't really that, all that grateful for it, or you're taking it for granted or whatever the case is. Um, and then it, then it comes down to like, yeah, like how you said, like there's, I just feel like there's two different types of, I want to say people in the world, but really ways to live life. And it's either just like having something to have it or really having the thing that you want. And I think, you know, mm. at some point we all choose whether it's like, well, I have it and it's okay and I can move through these motions or it's like, no, I'm going to forego having something and it might take me longer to find it and take me longer to land on it. But, I, but I'm confident, blindly confident that when I get it, it'll be the thing that I want. Yeah, I mean, and that's so much of it, I think, is is our conditioning. And it's it's like the things that we we think we want is not really, we have to dig deeper, you know, we mm-hmm. have to dig deeper than that title or, you know, that paycheck or, you know, that thing, you know, the car, the purse or whatever it is. Um, because those are, those are conditioned things. Those are, you know, our soul, you know, our, like that, that level of, of who we are doesn't give a crap about that stuff. You know, we want things like belonging and to feel loved and to feel valued, you know, in inherently who we are and not what we do. Um, But it's like a red herring, all these things, all these things that that society tells us like we should want and and go after. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that's when people, you know, I think that's when people hit their walls and they're like, I keep going after stuff and it's still not making me happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, but I, I landed that job and six months later and, and I'm not any happier. Maybe I'm not, I'm like not as even as happy as I was in my last job. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what are you constantly seeking? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting, and putting a magnifying glass to that. Yeah. That yeah. is, you know, those are, those are the things that we need to be dissecting. Cause I feel like it is also so easy to like, you know, obsess over what moves were taken and what choices were made and how things were played out. And is it us? Is it the job and all of these things? But it's like, really, when you're examining your choices and your contentment, you should be putting the magnifying glass on like, am I, what is it that I really want? And when I get presented with opportunities or get ready to make a decision, am I really being honest with myself about what it is I want to commit to or not? Right. And you know, like as women, like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, like the messages that we've been, you know, indoctrinated Mm -hmm. with our entire lives, right? Like, like to what you were saying earlier, that makes me think of like, my, you know, I had this, you know, milestone birthday and I planned it for a long time. And I went to Italy and I was in Italy with like a few of my closest friends and my husband. And it was just like the most amazing like thing ever to have that opportunity to do that. And, and it was my birthday night and we're sitting around the table and I was so grateful, right? I was so grateful for that moment. And and I swear to God, I was shouting around the table and it was like, and I want so much more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I said it without the guilt, yeah. you know, with, without the, which, you know, 
that that's a process to get to that place to be like, I, yeah, I deserve it all. And then some, and I don't need to contain my desires. And I, it's not that like, this isn't enough. It's that it's okay to say like, there's more out there for me and I'm going to grab it, you know? And, and absolutely. I think gratitude is a part of, of that process. I think it's, it's part of being in high vibration. It's part of like acknowledging and it's also embracing that we don't have to limit ourselves. Like we've been limiting ourselves for centuries, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it feels weird to us to even want to, to, to want to not settle, to decide not to settle on anything. Mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just absolutely the opposite of everything we've ever been told and conditioned exactly exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think too to your I think you and working with you and talking with you has kind of taught me and opened my eyes to this operating from an abundance standpoint mm. as opposed to like a scarcity standpoint like how you said you know you wanted more you didn't feel guilty asking for it and if anything by calling it out you were trying to like welcome it in and then you know help yourself see it um and I think I I I look at that too like even in little moments before I go on stage like instead of thinking of what can go wrong or playing small or not taking a risk on a joke which I guess would be operating from a scarcity standpoint Mm -hmm. I try to operate from like that abundance of like think of what can go think of this going well (laughs) think of this like what could come from this? Dare you say it, you know, like, or I'm going to go up there and do my very best and my very best is going to be good enough. And I, and, you know, I want to get shows out of this. I want to get noticed out of this. I want to whatever. And it does like, at the very least, no matter the outcome, it's like reorienting your thinking, which I think is the real win, you know, at the end of the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and this, like the fear and scarcity mindsets are just like rampant I mean they've always been rampant and now they're just like next next level um and and they keep us small mm-hmm. um yeah it's like what right what would we do differently if the story that we told ourselves was was one of abundance was one of certain success whatever that however you define that you know one of mm-hmm. um like the risk taking paying off because we never like let those stories, you know, uh, run rampant in our minds. We block those. We block those. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like every time we talk about past relationships or seeking relationships, nine times out of 10 people talk about old pain, not the potential for new love. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. We, Mm -hmm. in everything, I think, you know, that's part of the healing, right. Which is like, leaving the past in the past how can we be in the moment and then respond from that place versus reacting from from the past um and that that type of you know that kind of work and getting to that place where you can have the awareness of what maybe the old version of you would do versus the version that you're growing into like what would serve her in terms of how you, how to respond in that moment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's so, yeah, that's so pivotal. Just being that many steps ahead and that elevated in your thinking 
yeah, you're just already going to, I feel, make, like, healthier, more positive choices, right? Like, because you're, you're just, you're thinking of what's, what's possible and not what's holding you back. You're thinking of already being on the other side of something and in an even better position. So it's, like, already you're, again, it's, like, it then it all goes back to defining success. Like, is success getting that one little thing that it is you think that you want or is success, like, you know, I'm approaching every show completely differently from a mental perspective. That's probably the real win. Or every time I pitch myself to a new client, I, I already, I'm in, I have a confidence I didn't have before. That's the real win, right? Like, stuff like that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like how, how we define success. I mean, that's so, I mean, I talk a lot about that, you know, Mm -hmm. and which is what you're talking about, which is, you know, um, defining success by, you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing your like, oh, I allowed myself to daydream this week. I, you know, even that stuff, because those those little, uh, and they're not so little, actually, you know, um, those things um, that are basically habit breaking are huge wins. And I think we tend to diminish so much. You know, it's like we only allow ourselves, uh, you know, the uh, to celebrate on the biggest things in our life. And it's like, well, the biggest things in our lives are like, you know, I can count on one hand you know it's like yeah that's really true you know it's like well what about all the other stuff that's like also huge and important and meaningful um like we like I think that that celebration you know is just is something that we like we need to bring back and be comfortable with it and and that's not easy because we're not we're certainly not used to doing that you know um Mm -hmm. and and especially even with others, because then we feel like, you know, we're, uh, we're gloating or whatever, you know, and so everybody has to become comfortable, they have to be comfortable receiving it, you have to be comfortable giving it. And also separating that it has nothing to do with you, right? Like that, if mm-hmm. somebody else is celebrating success, it says, like, don't then turn it into a story about what you're not doing, because that's something that we can do too. And then we can't be present for the person mm-hmm. who's who wants to celebrate. So there's so many facets of that that I think um, hold us back from mm-hmm. from celebrating because I think celebrating then attracts more celebration. Yeah, you know? I was just about to say it's like it's like positive energy that's like a fuel in your tank. Like it's it's like you have to think about it. Like if I like it's almost like an investment in yourself. Like if I take the second to celebrate myself and celebrate what it is I've accomplished or I feel good about, it is kind of like it's almost like putting money away for a rainy day or it's like refilling. That's like I think that's self care. It's like refilling your tank so that you feel even more primed to go out and accomplish everything else. And you and you go out. You know, it's 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 like fostering that good juju for yourself. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, and, and certainly as you know, people in, you know, we're both kind of in service of other people and what we do. And, and that idea of really having to give from an overflowing cup. And I remember, you know, when I was first hearing this, I was like, oh, that's like, that's, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, And giving is who I am and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think a lot of women too, right, have that just kind of nurture, caring kind of ethos. Um, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, I realized, oh, well, I not only need enough for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to fuel myself, but I need enough 
to, to know that when I give, I'm not resentful of it, or I'm not um, taking away from me. Um, and I think often, I think as caregivers, right, whether, whether it's in the work environment, whether it's in the home environment, whatever it is, like we, we so deprioritize, like overfilling our cup. Mm. And then we wonder why there's problems with burnout. And we wonder why, like, you know, we have short tempers and we lose it with family members or whatever. It's because like, we're not, we're not filling our cups first. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing Um, good comes from, yeah. And nothing good comes from operating from that place of place of needing more for yourself yeah you're right because then there's nothing to give anybody and every transaction or every interaction you have in your life feels like from your account a debit from your emotional account. right yeah well and, and I think a huge topic in all of this is is boundaries you know um and I think that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people uh to 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 say no mm-hmm. uh for example, in the workplace to say, I, nope, I, that project isn't going to fit. So either something comes off of it or I get help with these other things that I have to do, you know, but we never think of like that as the counter conversation to have. We just, we just kind of keep taking it all on. Okay. I guess I don't have a choice. I don't have a Yes. We always have a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't care what part of your life. Mm-hmm. You always have a choice. And so sometimes in order to make sure our cups are always full and overflowing, we have to set boundaries. And it is it is in service of not only you, but it is in service of those who are asking for your energy. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you giving, you know, energy that you don't have to give isn't going to bode well for anybody anybody you or anybody around you yeah and then the, uh, the energy it takes to repair those connections once they've been damaged from this exact kind of pattern and this exact kind of behavior is like triple the energy it would have taken to just to just set a, a boundary you know and I yeah it's it's I, I think so much of that too is and there, there's guilt associated with boundaries I hate also too that boundaries has just like a negative stigma to it like it it sounds very like negative like boundaries or crossing boundaries or setting boundaries or so on and so forth and I think that's part of it too like correcting that language to like beautify boundaries like no boundaries. yeah it's not saying I never want to talk to you ever again or it's not saying I never want to do this ever again it's just saying in this present moment this is something I'm unable to do it's nothing, it's nothing more. It's nothing less. It's not implying anything. I'm just letting you know where it is I'm at and what it is I can give. And that's a way more neutral way of looking at it than crossing boundaries, 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 so many boundaries. And yeah, all that negative, it's, there's a negative stigma associated with it. You're totally right. I think we should like get on the freaking the trail and, and, and beautify boundaries, you know, and when you were talking, it makes me think of, right. Like that this society just wants women to give and give and give. Mm-hmm. Right. So of course it's, it's a, it's vilified because wait, what, wait, you're supposed to like take care of the house and home and you're supposed to have a career and you're supposed to da da da. You're supposed to give, give of yourself. And so, yeah, like, no wonder there's, there's a stigma attached with boundaries because, because for centuries and centuries, you know, women have been told that, you know, 
it's your responsible to keep giving. Like that's mm-hmm. your role. That's your role in in society. Like mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to take the break. You know, mm-hmm. like even when you look at freaking, um, you know, the baby uh, when you have a when child. You yeah. know, no, you're only allowed like what eight weeks if that. I mean, it's just it's it's asinine when you think about it. So, so it's it's these you know policies and these the the system that's been built that contributes to, I think the the challenge that we have with with setting boundaries. I agree, I totally agree, and it's um, and once I think you realize that these standards are a impossible and be unrealistic and see not something you really need to subscribe to like how you said you always have the power to make a choice so at any minute you can look at whatever it is you feel society is telling you and you can say nah at any minute you know then then that's when you take your power back that's when you say like no I'm making I'm making my choices and I'm the one deciding whether or not I'm happy with them and that's it well I yeah I mean Mm -hmm. that's to me at, at the foundation of of change is is that we have to question everything is mm-hmm. that we have to really be aware of like why like this this automation that we're in like where is this coming from and and is this serving me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and to believe that it is possible that there's another way than than the box that we've been given, you know, and I think about your industry, Mm -hmm. right? Like, holy shit. Like I can't even imagine, right. The unstated rules, like the, you know, you're the one that's got to bend over backward for opportunity, you know, that kind of mentality. Like Mm -hmm. I just, just like dismantling that and believing that you have power, um, to, to change the game. Yeah. Whatever game you're in, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah. And absolutely. And to your point, I a hundred percent agree. And sometimes it's like, it, even if, it, if you don't want to change the game or you don't want to flip the game on its head, you also just don't need to play it like anything else. Like you could also just take yourself out of it and go create your own game. And yeah, I have, I have seen that in comedy a lot. Like I think there's way more power in creating your own stage time in operating independently. I think, you know, there's whatever people think are the industry goals to get. And that's great. But I think, you know, I I've felt a lot better about my career and my abilities once I've taken a second to really be like, do I even really want that? And just because Mm. that person got it and that's awesome and good for them doesn't necessarily mean that's the right fit for me. And I could get something completely different, but of equal or greater value tomorrow. And then why am I so upset about what this one person got today kind of thing? So yeah, I mean, I, I I do think, and we live in a time too where we we are able to make our own rules and we are able to build out and flesh out our own game. And I think, you know, it, for women at least, I, what I try to do with catcall and what I try to do in, with everything is like help myself and women around me realize that like you can make the rules and <laughs> like mm. if there were ever a time where like. Yes, things aren't perfect, but they're a hell of a lot more progressive than they were 50 years ago. Um, so, like, you can change the game right this instant. You can change it. And and you can make your own rules. And we are living in a time where you can run your business from home with your two kids or have three kids and choose to go back to work or do things however you want. Because, like, 
I, I think, you know, we're a little bit more soured on those conditions than we were 50, 100 years ago, so on and so forth. Yeah. And, and what you're saying makes me think of this, the, the comparison game that, that mm, comparing so despair. Get into. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, I'm not the first to say that. I mean, that's, that's a known quote, but like, especially when you are reinventing and when you do want to find new ways of doing things, it can be a real trap uh, to, to look at what others are doing and feel like that's the way it has to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and no, no innovation happens that way. And oftentimes that doesn't honor your truth because, mm-hmm. because your truth and what's your, your superpowers may lead you to an entirely different way um, than somebody else's path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're tying. Yeah. And there is no point in no two paths are, are the same. No two comedians have ever taken the exact same path. It's impossible. No two coaches have or anything. So once you start comparing and despairing, you're suddenly marrying yourself literally to another person's standards. You're marrying mm-hmm. yourself to the roadmap of somebody else's career. That was also something I never subscribed to mm-hmm. as, a, as a comic or anything of, of like, well, whose career do you model yourself after? Like, do you mm-hmm. have idols or whatever? I was like, nah, nobody really. There's, there's things I admire that other comedians before me have done. And I'd like to show that ability in my own career or do something with a similar ethos but like it's impossible right like I can't obsess over every step Amy Schumer did whatever you know bad example but like because I'm not her and we're it's a all the external factors you know are are completely different and if we're going to do that with people who like and in my case, are so much farther ahead than me, are more famous than me, then it's like, well, then I really can't do that with people that are like maybe at my level and and all of a sudden compare my steps to theirs. That doesn't, that's fruitless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get on a train and we're going to, we're going to beautify boundaries and yeah. we're going to stop <laughs> and we're going to stop compare the comparison epidemic. And we're going to want more and we're going to feel freaking good about it. And it's okay. <laughs> yes. And all in 2020, even though everybody wants to throw it out the door, you know, there's like still time. there's still time there's to enjoy yourself. Time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's made the moments of joy in this, in this year, you know, that much, I feel, I feel that much sweeter. Cause you know, the, I feel like the quickest way to really shock yourself into gratitude is to live without something for a, a substantial amount of time. And I, I at least have noticed it in my circles, in my network that we're all, the moments together are a little bit more pure and fun because we didn't have that before. So yeah, the moments of joy, I think, especially in a year like this, have actually been brighter than, than ever before. Yeah, well, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's, no. <laughs> yeah, that's some of those sayings are, are, are still very, very true. Um, so, Tosca, so we've been closing the episodes with um, I ask all of the guests and I mean, you've already shared so much wisdom and so much of your personal life and career story. So thank you for that. Um, but I do close the episodes with our guests leaving women with like a piece of advice and it could be career oriented, life oriented, whatever feels right. Um, but usually mm. it's like a piece of advice or a mantra or something that you have really felt has helped carry you 
and that you've really held on to and always gets you through a tough time or what have you um, that you would want to pass on to our listeners if there was just one little snippet, one little reminder to them? Mm. Um, something that I said over and over to myself as I was building uh, something I didn't know what exactly I was building was it's all possible. Mm-hmm. And just allowing myself to have this mantra that I could come back to every time inner critic voices would enter my head or I was starting to fill with doubt, just coming back to it's all possible. It's all possible because the reality is nobody knows what's possible. Mm-hmm. And so the minute that we start limiting it is the minute we're wrong. Yeah. That's the <laughs> wrong know? move. Yeah. Who are you to yeah. really know? Right. Happen. And if you look at it, that's a beautiful thing. So you might as well lean into it all can happen, you know, cause it can Yeah. good, bad and everything in between. Yeah. And it's more, it's more likely we have no idea what's possible than we do, right? Because it's, it's mm-hmm. just so infinite. Um, so yeah, just remembering in infinite possibilities as a way to get out of our own way. Hey guys, so Violently Funny Podcast is powered by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me break it down for you. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit every episode right from your phone, computer, or tablet. And then Anchor takes it a step further by distributing the podcast for you. That's right. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere great podcasts are, Anchor connects to them. Plus, you can make some serious green from your show with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a killer, hilarious, engaging podcast all in one place. And you know we're all about convenience here in 2019. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.